Hello, and welcome to episode 535 of the official EstablishTheRun.com podcast. My name is Adam Levitan, as always, joined by Evan Silva and the NFL Hot Stove. It is indeed cooking. ton of important players and fantasy players have changed teams in the last four days, which means we have a ton, ton, ton to talk about here today. Evan, how's it going? Happy free agency. Yeah, it's going great. Um, it's been, you know, a very, very newsy. We also have March Madness going on right now. My school is Marquette, and uh, Marquette was awesome uh, this year during the regular season. They won the Big East Conference. Uh, they, won, they won the Big East Conference, and then the Big East Conference Tournament, two seed. They play on Friday. I'm super excited. Penn State uh, lo- looks good as well. Oh, yeah, baby. If you listen to yeah. the March Madness podcast, I haven't had a chance to follow too closely with all this free agency stuff going on, but hopefully Marquette mm-hmm. can play. Penn State in the final. Shout out to us. Oh, that'd on, be amazing. On today's show, we are going to discuss our thoughts on the free agency movement from both a real life and fantasy perspective. This is the first of a two-part series and actually might turn into a three-part series. Today, we're going to discuss some of the biggest moves, the ones everyone are talking about. On part two, coming up soon, we're going to talk about some transactions that are flying under the radar, but I think are still important for fantasy. Like, for example, James Robinson to the Patriots on a two-year deal up to $8 million. No one in the quote-unquote real NFL really cares about that too much, but I think it's actually kind of interesting fantasy. So we'll cover that and stuff like that in part two. An interestingly disgusting signing. I mean, <laughs> ridiculous. I mean, he didn't even it. get tendered by the Jets. And anyway, we'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'll get to that in part two. Yeah. Before we get into it here on part one, Reminder that best ball season never stops. Our friends at Underdog have already launched the big board million dollar tournament for the 2023 fantasy football season best ball, which does include rookies. Our rankings for that format are up and we're are adjusting them every day for the things we're talking about today. I actually think that before ADP gets ironed out and before people really digest some of the stuff that Evan and I are talking about today, there's a pretty big edge out there in ADP. So if you want to draft and try to build some super teams, I think it's an interesting time to do so like right now. If you don't have an underdog account yet, use promo code ETR at underdogfantasy.com for a $100 matching signup bonus. That's promo code ETR at underdogfantasy.com. All right, Evan. Ezekiel Elliott era is officially over. He will be cut as a post-June 1 release, ending the saga of the completely ridiculous and idiotic six-year $90 million deal the Cowboys gave Ezekiel Elliott in 2019. This is the stuff that we talk about all the time. Paying for past production, not future results. Just a classic, classic, classic free agency mistake. And honestly, a lot of teams aren't doing that now. Like it's been like, I haven't seen too many horrible, horrible contracts. And so teams are learning, right? And so by cutting Zeke, Cowboys are going to save 11 million against the 2023 cap. But because they gave him such a horrific contract in 2019, they're going to still going to take hits here. They'll count, Zeke will count $6 million against the 2024 cap. So obviously now we have Tony Pollard. We have Malik Davis. Evan, what did you think of the Cowboys' decision? I didn't think they'd have the gumption to do it, man. Credit to them ripping the Band-Aid off. What do you think about the Zeke situation? I, I guess I'm not giving them too much credit here because they never should have done that deal. If they hadn't done that deal, you know, think about the Cowboys' offense, which was already pretty good, you know, last year, all, all things considered. If they had never done that deal, they probably would have been able to keep Amari Cooper. You know, Tony Pollard would have been their lead back, which he wound up becoming just because based on performance. Now 
They go into 2023. Tony Pollard coming off this injury, which is expected to be a smooth recovery, um, positioned to be their lead back, uh, and deservedly so. But, um, yeah, I mean, I overdue for the Cowboys to move on from Ezekiel Elliott, and I think that their offense will be better for it. One thing we talked about uh, on a couple episodes ago was the Cowboys' decision to use the franchise tag on Tony Pollard. He's on a one-year, roughly $10 million deal. As Evan said, he's coming off that nasty broken leg he suffered in the playoffs the only other back on their roster right now is Malik Davis I think they could still add a big back type because I'm still not sure they want to go completely nuts on Tony Pollard workload we are building in some risk of them adding someone in the draft there's still some free agents out there we have Tony Pollard 18th overall right now in our best ball rankings I could see him I could see us moving him up if they don't absolutely add someone I think the best question is will Tony Pollard get goal line work because this team is going to try to run the ball a ton and play defense a ton. I, and one free agency move that maybe we should talk about is the trade for Stephon Gilmore. They get Leighton Vander Esch back. I mean, they could have a really, really good defense mm-hmm. and build the offense around Tony Pollard. What do you think about Tony Pollard's fantasy outlook as it stands right now, which is him and Malik Davis on the roster? Yeah, just eyeballing it. I haven't done any rankings of my own yet. Um, I'll start doing that when free agency slows down. Uh, but I, I would I would be surprised if I didn't have Tony Pollard probably well above RB18. As you mentioned, they could absolutely bring in a veteran. They, they almost certainly will. They do have Rico Dowdle as well uh, on the roster, I believe. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. To be clear, we have, we have 18th overall, not RB18. Oh, oh, 18th overall. Correct. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Never mind. <laughs> that, that's pretty high, but I, I think that's deservedly so. He's a super explosive player in a productive offense. Um, I, I think that that makes a lot of sense. That's middle of the second round. Yep. Okay. Aaron Rodgers has not officially made his decision yet, but it's pretty much a done deal. Aaron Rodgers will be playing for the Jets. And by the way, we're recording this Thursday at 9.30 a.m. I'm sure that stuff will happen as we're doing this and before it gets out. But anyways, Aaron Rodgers is going to the Jets. We don't have the terms of the trade yet. But look, man, this Jets team is going to have a lot of talent. Aaron Rodgers... Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, Brees Hall, assuming he's healthy, Alan Lazard, which we'll talk about in a second here, plenty of talent on defense. They're going for it, and I think they have a pretty good team. The conference is obviously really, really brutal, but getting Aaron Rodgers just solidifies the quarterback position so much. What did you think of Aaron Rodgers' decision, and what do you think about the Jets and their offense going forward? Um, I think that they, they're going to have a really solid team. And I, I think that my fantasy expectations for Aaron Rodgers are probably going to be somewhat conservative. They're really good on defense. They're, they're well coached on defense. And I don't think that, you know, they're going to be like a shootout team. Um, but I mean, he is surrounded by weapons. I like their, their, I think the, their, their offensive line is on an upward trajectory. Um, and he is going to be able to jump right in and play because he knows the offense under Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, and, and they're bringing along some familiar from uh, familiarity from Green Bay uh, via some of their signings. Um, so I don't know. I, my guess early on would be that I would have him in the quarterback 12 to 16 range from a fantasy standpoint. Um, but I mean, I, I, it's obviously awesome for the Jets. I mean, the, the Jets were they, they were a legit good team last year. It's just they, you know, had big problems at the quarterback position. They've obviously acknowledged that Zach Wilson is not the answer. I don't even think that they can re- lean on Zach Wilson to be their number two quarterback. 
I think he's going to have to be their number three. They're going to, you know, they're going to have to go with someone else, maybe bring back Joe Flacco at, at the number two spot. Yeah. It's hard to be the backup quarterback when you're bagging groceries at Safeway, like Zach Wilson's future holds here. <laughs> I, the, I will say this, Garrett Wilson, everybody's excited about him. He is going to be incredibly expensive. Our first run of rankings here has him around 16th overall. His ADP on underdog right now is around 15th overall. I mean, you're talking very, very expensive for Garrett Wilson, who was impressive as a rookie, now gets Aaron Rodgers. I thought it was an overpound Aaron Alan Lazard, and we did that free agency preview, and I suggested that Alan Lazard would get overpaid. Four years, $44 million, $22 million guaranteed. I guess they just thought they had to do this to get Aaron Rodgers to come. It's a lot of money for Alan Lazard, who is not that productive and was never really that productive with Aaron Rodgers, but he's kind of a blocking wide receiver. Maybe a worthwhile overpay, though. Evan, what do you think about the Alan Lazard signing? Yeah, I don't have a problem with it. I think $11 million uh, per season for you know a decent number two receiver isn't terrible like at all. I mean, last year we were talking about everybody's ripping the Jaguars for giving Christian Kirk $18 million a year. As you mentioned at the top, it's been a very conservative free yeah. agent market. It's like almost like the, the teams are colluding, really, yeah. like – because I mean, no one is getting overpaid. We're talking about Alan Lazard at eleven million dollars per year getting over, being overpay, and I think relative to this market, that's a, a fine statement. But relative to past markets, no, I, I think it makes a ton of sense. And I think it, it as you mentioned, it it was a, a a deal that made sense because it's helping to lure Aaron Rodgers to to the Jets. For sure, maybe an overpay in the trade market though. And let's talk about this DJ Moore deal. Panthers give mm. up DJ Moore the number nine overall pick, a 2024 round one pick, a 2023 round two pick, a 2025 round two pick in order to move up to number one overall. Let's start with the Bears side of this now, who now have DJ Moore and the number nine overall pick. They actually have really reasonable weapons for Justin Fields, who, by the way, Justin Fields already last year, thanks to his legs, was fantasy's number five quarterback in points per game last year. Only Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow were better. Now he has DJ Moore added to Darnell Mooney, Cole Komet, Chase Claypool. We'll get to the Khalil Herbert stuff uh, a little bit later here. But yeah, I mean, there's some real upside now for Justin Fields. Now mm -hmm. people are saying, oh, look, the Eagles got A.J. Brown, Jalen Hurts, and he went completely nuke. You know, uh, Tua had some huge games once he got Tyreek Hill. You know, there's been some big time quarterback improvements what do you think about Justin Fields and the DJ Moore situation going forward? Well, I think that um, it's the next step in Justin Fields' development for the Bears to open up their passing offense. They were the run-heaviest team in the NFL last year. They knew that – I mean, this dude was out here throwing to Byron Pringle and Equinemius St. Brown. Darnell Mooney got hurt late in the year. Um, you know, so adding weapons was just the – a natural part of the evolution for Justin Fields. I think they'll throw the ball more. I think they'll still be largely run heavy in 2023. Um, but I think that they're absolutely going to throw the ball more. They have to throw the ball. They, ha they have to open up the offense. Uh, and so I, I think that this was, you know, an, an indication that they know that. Um, yeah. uh, DJ Moore is 25. He turns 26. Uh, actually, I think in like, like a week or something like that. But I mean, they're, they're getting a, a player. And, and, and I thought it was especially savvy because the free agent wide receiver market was garbage. And the this year's draft class at wide receiver uh, doesn't look very great either. Um, so I, I think that that made it an especially savvy move, an especially savvy move to go get 
a young receiver uh, in DJ Moore, um, who, you know, I think is still on an upward trajectory. I, I really like the move for the Bears. I didn't think there was a slam dunk number one quarterback available at the number one overall pick. You have Justin Fields already, and people, regular listeners, know how I feel about DJ Moore, really, really good player. I think deal. I mean, they got a haul, man. I mean, they. Oh yeah. The Bears got a haul, and I, and I think it was yeah. a really sharp move for them. Justin Fields, by the way, we have him in the second tier of quarterback. Our first tier of quarterbacks right now is Allen, Mahomes, and Hurts. Second tier is more of the Fields, Lamar Jackson, Burrow range. All these quarterbacks are gonna be going much higher than people are used to going forward. But yeah, Justin yeah. Fields is gonna be. Uh, an asset for sure yeah I mean I, I, Justin Fields was the quarterback five this past season yep. I think you can make an argument actually for him in the top tier so now the Panthers on the flip side yep. CJ Stroud is like sort of the heavy favorite now to be the number one overall pick uh, and I think he's absolutely going to end up playing right away uh, they signed what Andy Dalton mm-hmm. um, to to be their sort of um, their bridge quarterback but I mean he's going to be their backup quarterback it's problematic though, because I mean, who's CJ Stroud going to be throwing to, um, you know, after they get rid of DJ Moore. Exactly. It's, it's ugly uh, for sure. They've been linked to Adam Thielen, which we'll get to in part two of this pod. We'll see what the Panthers uh, decide to do there. Miles Sanders, speaking of the Panthers, Miles Sanders, four years, $25 million. Now, listen, it's not a lot. I like Miles Sanders. He can play. I get it. You know, it's only, quote unquote, only $6 million a year. One of the reasons, or a huge reason, Miles Sanders was so efficient. And again, I like Miles Sanders. One of the reasons he's so efficient, Eagles outrageously good offensive line, Jalen Hurts, the scheme. If Miles Sanders is as efficient with the Panthers as he was with the Eagles, I will be absolutely stunned. And I'm not sure that you needed to spend this much to solve your running back issue as the Panthers did. Dante Foreman remains a free agent. The link here, of course, is Deuce Staley is now the assistant head coach and running back coach for the Panthers. He knows Miles Sanders well from their time together in Philly. But I don't want to get on here and crush every single running back deal, right? Like mm-hmm. somebody, uh, Miles Sanders can play. I, I get it. I just think you could do it for cheaper. And so I didn't love this one. But what do you think of Miles Sanders going to the Panthers four years, 25 million? We don't have the details on this contract yet in terms of guarantees. From a real-life standpoint, I can totally see being critical of this. Um, I think it's a decent fantasy landing spot for him, though. Uh, you know, the, I, it looks like the Panthers are not going to bring back Deontay Foreman, who gave him a bunch of big games last year. And I think that Chuba Hubbard, or Chuba Hubbard, is not, you know, he's a backup in the NFL. And I think that Miles Sanders is a starter. So I think it's actually kind of a decent um, landing spot for Miles Sanders in fantasy in real life, yeah, it, 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 was, it was one of those. I was just like, eh, you know, what wasn't that impressed with the move? The, the question, I think, for Miles Sanders' fantasy outlook is, will he be using the receiving game? We saw last year Miles Sanders became, like, really, really touchdown dependent, really, really 100-yard bonus dependent because the Eagles just did not throw the football mm-hmm. to him whatsoever. I still think it's in his game. I don't know what you think I there. Do, do you think he can bounce back as a receiver with C.J. Stroud or whoever they take? yeah. Um, I, I do. I, I think that his usage in the receiving game like could re- like almost skyrocket because it was really, really low last year. And, you know, he was playing in a run heavy offense with the Eagles with a running quarterback. And C.J. Stroud is more of a, a pocket passer. Um, and I think that Miles Sanders is not necessarily going to have a ton of competition to play 
in obvious passing situations and on third down. So again, I kind of like the the landing spot for Miles Sanders from a fantasy standpoint. By the way, I'm not like uh, giving up on Anthony Richardson 30 to one to go number one overall, like CJ Stroud, I get is the favorite right now, but uh, you know, We'll, we'll yeah. see a lot. Ha- a lot hey, will hey, happen minds you know change, that. you know, minds change. You remember, you know, very recently the 49ers were going to take, um, you know, Mac Jones and then, mm-hmm. you know, they were convinced to take Trey Lance. So, I mean, it, minds can change. Absolutely. Interesting trade. I wanted to talk about Darren Waller to the giants for a round three pick. And by the way, this is the pick, the giants pick they gave up to get Darren Waller is the pick they got from Kansas city in the Kadarius Tony trade. So in other words, they basically swapped, Kadarius Tony for Darren Waller a little bit later. It's an interesting deal, man. The Giants are obviously so, so, so desperate for pass catchers, right? Like Daniel Jones was very good last year, as we talked about plenty, with absolutely brutal pass catchers. The problem is I'm worried Darren Waller has already peaked. He was awesome a couple years ago, like such a talented guy, real mismatch creator. He's 31 now. He's been struggling to stay healthy. But, man, he's going to a spot with such little target competition – Brian Dable knows how to use his players. What do you think about Darren Waller trade and his outlook on the Giants? Um, the Giants are trying to piece this thing together from a pass catching standpoint um, because, you know, they had nothing last year. And it's, I mean, they're just trying to add talent. They also signed Paris Campbell. Mm-hmm. You know, they also re-signed uh, Sterling Shepard. They're going to be getting Wandale Robinson back. Um, although his uh, his ACL recovery is, is you know, TBD. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I understand it from a real life standpoint. I, I totally agree that it's, I don't know, Darren Waller is, is sort of like an enigmatic player, I think, at some times. Like, I don't even want to say underachiever because he's had a nice career, especially for a guy that, you know, was with like a seventh round wide receiver pick out of Georgia Tech. He's had a nice career, but he's... I don't know. He's been a he's been a disappointment. I would say the past couple seasons, for sure. Past couple seasons, but again, like last year he, when he was out there, he was playing with Renfro and Devontae Adams, and you know Matt Collins was earning targets, and Josh Jacobs was touching the ball a ton. Here, they need him badly. Um, oh yeah. So we'll see what happens there with Darren Waller. I do think that Dable wants and needs to throw the ball more, and like he's going to build towards that. Mm-hmm. Just couldn't do it last year with the guys that mm-hmm. they had. Speaking of the Raiders, Jacoby Myers, I thought this was actually kind of a steal for the Raiders. Given the way the wide receiver market has exploded lately, Jacoby Myers, three years, $33 million. And I don't think Jacoby Myers is any kind of world beater, but it's a pretty good deal for a pretty talented and productive player. I thought it's an interesting deal because they already have Hunter Renfro on the roster. Raiders also find their starting quarterback, Jimmy G, three years, $67 million, $34 million guaranteed. So kind of a makeover here for the Raiders getting Jacoby and Jimmy G in the mix. What do you think about what they're up to? Well, the Raiders, you know, they're run by, you know, Josh McDaniels, essentially, you know, who came from the Patriots. And and it's just, it's kind of a lame sort of cocoon type uh, roster building approach to just go sign all your buddies from, from, you know, the, the, the team that you previously coached with. And that's what we've kind of seen so far. I mean, Philip Dorsett and Jimmy G and, Jacoby Myers, I don't think like, again, from a real life standpoint, I'm not impressed. I mean, I think that they're, they're just headed toward mediocrity. Um, But I mean, I, I, and and I really don't have, you know, high expectations for Jacoby Myers from a fantasy standpoint either. I mean, Devontae Adams, it's not like that. He's going to stop being a target monster. 
So, and you know, again, you know, signing all the old Patriots role players is just that that doesn't impress me. Yeah, we're pretty behind market, at least right now on Jacoby Myers. We have him 113th overall. His ADP is around 92nd. I'm curious who you'd rather have in real life, Derek Carr or Jimmy G. I mean, I, I think it's a toss up. Um, for the Raiders, I I would I would probably definitely rather have Jimmy Garoppolo because of his familiarity with the system. And Josh McDaniels loves this guy. I mean, yeah. to me, it was, it was pretty obvious well before free agency started that the Raiders were going to be after and Jimmy G. Their only competition wound up coming from the Texans and uh, the Raiders were willing to offer more money. Uh, and, and they had that familiarity uh, element. So, um, and Derek Carr did not play well last year. I mean, that was probably the worst season of his career. So I think just from the Raiders standpoint, I'd rather have Jimmy G for any, like just for some random team or uh, with no context, I, I think it's a toss up. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, by the way, it was kind of weird, the Jacoby thing, because Hunter Renfro and Jacoby Myers both exclusively play the slot. So right. let's keep an eye on the Hunter Renfro stuff. We'll see what happens. Yeah. My okay. guess will be that Devonte Adams obviously is the one a right. And then Jacoby Myers will play outside in two receiver sets and then in three receiver sets, Jacoby Myers will probably stay uh, outside. And then Hunter Renfro will jump into the slot unless they move on from Hunter Renfro, right. which I think is still a distinct possibility. Yeah, I think Joey Myers outside would be a kind of a misuse of his talents. But yeah, anyways, think of misuse. So what are the Patriots doing, man? Like, I think pretty clearly Jacoby Myers is better than Juju Smith-Schuster at this point in their career. They let Jacoby walk. And it's like, okay, maybe you're saving money or whatever. You don't want to pay Jacoby. Then they turn around and give Juju three years, $33 million with a bunch of guaranteed money. I'm not sure I would want this commitment to Juju. I mean, they are really thin at pass catcher. Now are the Patriots. What do you think of Juju? And by the way, the Chiefs have left themselves somewhat thin also. But first, what do you think of the Patriots move to replace Jacoby Myers immediately with Juju Smith-Schuster for the same exact contract? I think it's pretty meh. Um, you know, I think that Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, and, and actually, uh, it came out today that, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, the number on his con the numbers on his contract that were originally reported were, uh, inflated and he's on a three year, $25 million deal, not the three year, $33 million deal. Yeah. Um, which, you know, they saved a few million dollars, I guess, by moving on from Jacoby Myers to Juju Smith-Schuster. I would, I get, I le lean toward agreeing with you that, um, I would probably rather have Jacoby Myers than Juju Smith. Juju Smith-Schuster, I think, is just an average number two receiver at this point. He's proven that over the last several years after getting out of Pittsburgh. Um, and I, you know, I, I, you know, again, I just, it's not really going to move the needle in fantasy or in real life. I don't think. I mean, if Jacoby Myers was on the on the Chiefs last year with Patrick Mahomes instead of Juju Smith-Schuster, mm -hmm. I'm really confident Jacoby would have had a better year than Juju, right? I mean, Jacoby was playing with freaking Mac Jones and this total dust ball offense. So yeah, I, I you know, it, it, it's just a weird thing for me what the Patriots are doing. Seems like a mess. Story, big story out of Los Angeles. Austin Eckler has been granted permission to seek a trade. I mean, they're just short on money. They don't really have the money to pay Austin Eckler. The problem is he's earned it, right? Like he, he's been really, really, really good he outperformed his second contract which running backs almost never do the problem is he's 28 years old and it's just you just can't give this guy 
a ton of money. I don't even know if Austin Eckler is going to find a trade market. I'd actually like to see, um, God, I'd like to see a bunch of teams get Austin Eckler. I just don't think they can afford him, right? Like who has $12 million of cap space lying around for a running back at this point? But it's frustrating because you see Austin Eckler, like he can't get paid, but Josh Oliver, which we'll get to in part two, Josh Oliver gets $7 million a year, you know, but Austin Eckler has to be dumped. Like the the system I think is, is broken in terms of what running backs are worth and what they are paid. I don't know if Austin Eckler is going to find a trade partner or someone to pay him or not. What do you think about all this Austin Eckler stuff going on? Well, nothing's really come of it so far. Um, I think the Chargers need to figure this out. I mean, I think he's a really valuable player for them. Um, you know, I, it's it's surprising that they, they you know, I don't know, it's, does Kellen Moore not have a specific plan for him? I mean, I, I, I don't know why this, why this is happening. I mean, I, yeah. he probably wants more money. Well, I, I would say he almost definitely right. wants more money. I just think the Chargers, you know, they, they still have Justin Herbert on the rookie deal. Like, you know, they, they should be able to figure this out. Yeah, I think they can find the money if they really, really want to, but they are strapped. They just paid Mike, Mike Williams. They've invested a bunch in the offensive line. I agree with you that Austin Eckler is really, really valuable to them and, and a really good player and like the kind of running back that I would want to play wins in right. the red zone, wins wins in the receiving game, you know? So yeah, it's, it's certainly messy right now. I, I still think that they could figure it out. I, I mean, that- if I had to bet right now, I would say he's back with the Chargers next year. Yeah. Like, I think that's the most likely scenario. Interesting one for the Eagles. We already talked about how they let Miles Sanders walk, and Miles Sanders gets four years, $24 million or so. They come back with Rashad Penny, one year, $1.35 million. And, like, you know, everybody's in the comments. It's going to be the same thing. Rashad Penny is a bad signing. He's going to get hurt. He's going to get hurt. He's going to get hurt. He can't stay healthy. He's going to get hurt. We get it, right? He plays running back in the NFL. He's likely to get hurt. Rashad Penny is probably slightly more likely to get hurt than other running backs because he has such a bad history of staying healthy. He probably has some lingering stuff going on in his body. But to get Rashad Penny for one year, $1.35 million is an insanely yeah. cheap gamble. And while like other teams are spending $20, 25000000 million on their running back room, mm-hmm. the Eagles are going to spend like 3 or $4 million on their running back room and be perfectly fine. And it's just a structural thing. It's a small thing. But it's a structural thing that yep. just provides an edge. So, anyways, what do you think about the Rashad Penny thing? Fantasy people are like super excited about it. He's going to end up going very high, yeah. I think. What do you think about Rashad Penny to the Eagles? Well, he hasn't been a, so. I mean, the you know the the negative way, the glass half empty uh, viewpoint would begin with look. You know, he hasn't caught that many passes in the NFL. He's gotten hurt a lot at at one year, one point three five million. I don't care if he misses half the season. If you get eight solid games out of Rashad Penny behind that O-line in that offense, dude is going to absolutely smash in like five of those games. Um, also, they don't throw to their RBs that much. So you're almost like, you know, minimizing one of the weaknesses of Rashad Penny. It was an awesome signing. And look, if the dude does stay healthy, let's say we get 12 or 13 games out of him. I mean, I think he could like lead the NFL in rushing yards per game. I mean, that is squarely within his range of potential outcomes. It was an awesome signing by an awesomely run organization. Um, you know, uh, they also did bring back Boston Scott and they have Kenneth Gainwell. So he's not going to be a full-time back, which also reduces his injury risk. I don't know. It made all the sense in the world to me. I think it was an awesome, awesome deal for the Eagles. Uh, and I, I'm excited to see Rashad, Rashad Penny play in Philly. Yeah, I mean, we just talked that, about that. That dude can run the, the rock. 
Yeah. A yeah. very, very talented, just natural runner. And that's what the Eagles are going to ask. They didn't ask Miles Sanders to play in the past game. So Rashad Penny in the Miles Sanders role, I think, is a reason to be excited. David Montgomery to the artist formerly known as Our Lions. And look, I, I get it. Three years, 18 million. Dave Montgomery is fine. You know, I don't think he's anything special. I think he's like, you know, borderline average or whatever. Maybe some people think he's better. I just, I, I want to see the Lions dump all their money to defense. And maybe now that they, they will spend all their draft picks on defense. The more thing to me is like, they just hate DeAndre Swift. I mean, not only did they give Dave Montgomery three years, 18 million, but they also brought back Craig Reynolds who played and stole snaps from DeAndre Swift. It's just so, so, so clear to me that they don't love DeAndre Swift in any kind of workhorse role. So what do you think about David Montgomery? You know, I, I think I'm, everybody's on the lions. Now I got, I was looking for reasons to move off of hashtag our lions anyways, because everybody's on them now. And so this was the straw that broke the camel's back. Uh, official announcement here, official announcement here. They are no stop. longer, no longer hashtag our lions. I mean, okay. Then I'm just, they're, they're my lions then. All right. I'm, I'm going to keep them. Um, I, I totally disagree with this. Uh, you know, as I told you on Twitter, I think, I mean, that that's not a lot of money, dude. $6 million a year. Also, it's um, it's backloaded. The deal is backloaded a little bit. Um, I think it's fine. And, and I'm no big fan of David Montgomery, but he is a legit three down back. Um, and, you know, you, you need another RB to go with DeAndre Swift. And David Montgomery will probably end up being the lead back for the Lions. And DeAndre Swift will be, you know, that 7 to 11 touch per game change of pace slash obvious passing down back. And I, I think they're going to be fine. It's just, it, it's, it's not that big of a deal, Adam. Well, the people, well, the people want to know, will you be betting on David Montgomery to lead the <laughs> NFL in rushing touchdowns at a hundred to one? Well, I think that, <laughs> well, he's not going to have those long, th that long of odds. I think he'll be like, you know, I think he'll be like 40 to one or 50 to one, but no, I'm not, I'm not betting that, but he could score a lot of touchdowns. I mean, yeah. You know, I'm not penciling him for 17 like Jamal got. Do you think he's better than Jamal Williams? I think he is. Yes, definitely. Okay. okay. Definitely. We'll get to Jamal okay. Williams here in a, in a second. Uh, but, yeah, I definitely think Dave Montgomery is better. Uh, Jamal Williams, I mean, just like fell into the end zone, uh, right. like, you know, from the two-yard line oh, yeah. 17 times. And, I mean, it was yeah. insane. It was really um, insane. Absolutely insane. On the Bears' side here, I, the, the biggest thing for me is, like, I really like DeAndre Swift, and they just don't like him. That's my biggest disagreement. Anyways. On the Bears side, I like Cleo Herbert. And we've saw, seen what you can do when you have a quarterback like Justin Fields with the Jalen Hurts stuff. They just draw so, so, so much attention. Efficiency, I think, is going to be there for Khalil Herbert. So I like this decision by the Bears to move on from Dave Montgomery, even though he was not expensive. They're going to ride with Khalil Herbert. They did add Travis Homer on a two-year, $4.5 million deal. But yeah, Khalil Herbert is going to be a very, very interesting fantasy discussion. We have him... Uh, pretty low in our rankings right now. I would probably have him probably will move up as things go along. His ADP is currently in the nineties. What do you think about Khalil Herbert and going forward for the bears run game? Well, it's still wait and see the bears have a ton of draft picks. I mean, I think they got at least 10 and I, st I think that they could still trade down uh, again. Actually, they moved down to number nine after they trade away. Number one, I still, I still think they could move down again. They're probably going to draft a running back at some point. The amount of draft capital that they spend on that RB will be key. They could still add a veteran RB. So I think it's still a little bit touch and go. But, man, on paper right now, Khalil Herbert 
as as you know what is ADP in the nineties, bro. That that's an absolute smash. I'll be clicking the hell out of that button. Yeah, for sure. Saints made a couple moves here. We know they have Derek Carr as their quarterback. They brought back Jameis Winston to be the backup. Michael Thomas, somewhat surprisingly, is coming back to the Saints on a renegotiated deal. One year, $10 million, max value of $15 million in incentives. And this is kind of the deal that Michael Thomas has to take right now. Just barely played in the last three years due to injuries. I thought when he was out there last year for that short time he was out there, he actually looked okay. Like, like fine. Like, he still can play. So I actually kind of like this incentive-laden one-year deal for Michael Thomas. They also add Jamal Williams, three years, $12 million, $8 million guaranteed. This one I, I did not like. But let's start with the Michael Thomas one first. What do you think about his fantasy outlook going forward now that Michael Thomas went back with the Saints paired with Derek Carr? It's been so long since we've seen him play for an extended period of time. I mean, it's, I just, it, it's really tough to say. Um, I think that he belongs to you know in like the the mid to late rounds um from a from a fantasy standpoint uh, i i like his fit with Derek carr Derek carr's had a lot of success throwing to receivers over over the middle of the field darren waller hunter renfro most recently um that's definitely a, an area of the field where he's willing to pull the trigger and if michael thomas can somehow get and stay healthy um you know i i i, I like the move um but i I don't know. He's just, we have not seen this dude on the field in so long. They also um, gave a nice little deal to Juwan Johnson, who I think could see a more expanded role. Remember he's, he played wide receiver in college. He's like a really good athlete. He had some big games last year. He had a lot of gar garbage time production, but I mean, he showed like he flashed big playability and they, they kept him on a two year, $12 million deal as a restricted free agent. Yeah. So, yeah. What, one of the reasons I was out on Mike, one of the many reasons I was out on Michael Thomas last year was because I didn't think he fat fit with Jameis and I was worried about the taste some stuff. I think mm -hmm. some stability in Derek Carr, Michael Thomas is a better fit with Derek Carr than he yep. was. And also now that they've given Derek Carr all this money, maybe we'll see less taste some stuff. So yeah, I, I'm not going to be like completely out on Michael Thomas this year. The Jamal Williams thing though, man, like if you look at the way Jamal Williams won last year, he just like happened to get more volume and he happened to get the ball around the goal line a lot. I, again, I don't want to crush every running back deal. It's only three years, $12 million, $8 million guaranteed. But, you know, it, I'm not excited about it. The Alvin Kamara situation, though, like if they lose Alvin Kamara for games and they have to like really ride Jamal Williams, that is going to be a mess. What do you think about the Saints running back situation now that we know they have Jamal Williams? I think it's a, a pretty big threat to Alvin Kamara's touchdown projection. Um, and it's going to end up being because Jamal Williams, although he, we, we know he is like a pretty average, mediocre talent. We also know that he's a guy that coaches love. I mean, you know, he doesn't fumble. Uh, you know, he he has, you know, a, a quote unquote nose for the end zone. He's really good in blitz protection. Alvin Kamara did not have a good year last year. So I, I think it's a, a pretty major blow to Alvin Kamara's upside. They were looking for reasons not to play Alvin Kamara. I mean, yeah. they played Mark Ingram. When Mark Ingram was healthy, like they down the stretch, they were giving Mark Ingram significant work when he was healthy ahead of Alvin Kamara. And so, yeah, it's very scary right now on the Kamara stuff. Last thing I want to talk about today is the Lamar Jackson discussion. At the non-exclusive tag from the Ravens, $32.4 million. Non-exclusive tag means that a team can now negotiate with Lamar Jackson, he's free to negotiate with anyone. If he reaches an agreement 
with a team, the Ravens will have a chance to match that deal. If they choose not to match the deal, they'll get two first round picks. Now, I thought this would set off just an absolute firestorm of teams lining up to do a deal with Lamar Jackson. What was weird was like every team came out and said, no, we're not interested Mm -hmm. through like reporter mouthpieces. You know, uh, I have a bet on the Falcons to win the Super Bowl, right? Immediately, Falcons come out and say they're not interested. Uh, Raiders say they're not interested. They get Jimmy G. Panthers, not interested. They trade the number one for the number one overall pick. Commanders, not interested. We'll talk about what they're doing at quarterback in the next episode. Dolphins come out and say they're not interested. It was just like really weird for everyone to come out and say they're not interested in who I think is one of the best quarterbacks in the entire league. Mm -hmm. I don't know what's going to happen with Lamar Jackson going forward, but I'm surprised that we haven't heard more about teams at least trying to negotiate with him, poking around. Let's have a call. Let's see what we can do. What do you think is going to happen with Lamar? And do you buy any of this like collusion speculation that's going on in the media right now? A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Um, That they could be colluding against him because they want him to have an agent. Um, I mean, he's received so much criticism for having an agent. I mean, I think it's like, you know, certain websites like ripping him up and down all the time for not having an agent, like get a life, you know, I, I think to, to those people. Um, but I mean, he has received like, cause he's not going the way of the establishment, yeah. you know, he's, he's not, he's not towing that line. And so he's getting criticism from media outlets and it's possible that, that some teams are like, no, you know, this guy should have an agent, you know, I mean, the cocoon is real, dude. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it, it's a real thing. So I, I think that's maybe part of it. The bigger collusion to me is like the owners no longer don't want Deshaun Watson's contract to set a precedent. Yeah. Browns gave Deshaun yeah. Watson $230 million guaranteed. Owners do not want to do that. Mm-hmm. GMs do not want to do that. So the collusion to me would be, we're not doing this deal Lamar wants. He wants Absolutely. the entire contract guaranteed. So what I thought was a little bit surprising, I don't think that Tyler Huntley is good. You know, he had that one game that, that one will sue you know, the, the Millie uh, in mm-hmm. what, 20 um, in 2021 at, the, at yeah. the end against the Packers. But I mean, you know, he hasn't been good, but the, the, the Ravens and he's an undrafted, he's a former undrafted free agent. They only gave him the original pick tender, which means if some team were to sign Tyler Huntley, like to a, an offer sheet, the Ravens would get back no compensation. All it would have taken was two uh, less than $2 million, $2 million more to give him the second round tender to me, that might hint that the Ravens still have some level of confidence that they're going to get Lamar back. Um, and to me, it makes all the sense in the world. The dude's 26 years old. He's won an MVP. He is an MVP caliber player. He's, he's a little up and down as a passer, but I mean, he's he's led the NFL in touchdown passes before. You know, I'm super I'm super excited at the, at the thought of him playing for Todd Monken. Um, but uh it just makes all the sense in the world for them to keep the face of their franchise. He has such a great rapport with John Harbaugh, you know, Steve Biscotti seems to me like a really smart owner. There may be some problem between Lamar and Eric DaCosta, but potentially their GM I'm speculating, but man, I, you know, get it figured out, get this deal done. Lamar came out and said that he was offered three years, 133 million fully guaranteed by the Ravens. And it sounded like he was acting like he turned that down. I, I, I think that if, if that offer comes or it, let, like, let's say, let's bump it up to three years, 140, he should take that, man. I, I think that he should take that, that, that would be an awesome contract for him and, and the Ravens get their guy back. I, I'm staying optimistic that he goes back to Baltimore. 
Yeah, we'll talk about some of the quarterback deals that have gotten done recently on the next episode, i.e. Daniel Jones, Geno Smith, Lamar Jackson should blow those guys out of the water. And I think that's what he's going through in his head right now. And I, I think it comes down to the Ravens just don't want to guarantee, you know, 200 plus million. And we'll see what happens there for sure. By the way, breaking news into the show, nothing important, too important, but DJ Chark will be visiting the Panthers on Friday. We talked about what the Panthers will do to replace DJ Moore, DJ Chark would be uh, an interesting vertical threat, at least not the same kind of player as DJ Moore, but at least I think a sneaky guy that Evan and I both like, like we talked about on the free agency preview show. All right, we will be back next episode to talk through more of the free agency stuff, some sneaky signings that went down that we think are important for fantasy. Be sure to stay tuned for that. We would really appreciate it this offseason as you consume all this free content. If you hit the subscribe button, if you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening on iTunes or anywhere else, hit the subscribe button. Really, really, really does help us out a lot. Also, if you're interested in golf or NBA or XFL, all that stuff is going down on the site right now. Master season, major season is coming up in golf. Great time to be alive. Four, Evan. Four, producer Luke. I'm Adam. Good luck, everybody. Mm-hmm.